Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where we play games with pens, paper, dice, and our imagination. Thanks for joining us. Josh, just Hi, talking. <laughs> Shut up. Hi everybody, welcome to Nerdy People Play D&D, where no one's going to interrupt me at Wait, all, am I we're too polite. Uh, am I the no, it's not your turn, Todd. Oh, no, okay. now it's my turn. No? It's, oh, okay. So, we're not playing D&D. This time we're going to play Burn Bright. So, you're all going to be alien creatures in space. None of you are humans. Sorry. Can't play that. Tough. I'm sure it'll all be fun, but hey. So, this is a new system for all of us, so let's kind of discuss a few of the things as we're getting started, because this is our session zero. So, one of the things about this game is... It is entirely in a universe that is basically surrounded by what is called the burn and is slowly encroaching on the livable space of this universe. And you all are from have options for like different species, being on different planets. But basically, the problem is everyone is drawing more towards the center of the universe to get away from the impending burning annihilation of things because once something goes through the burn it's gone so how we're going to play in that system is we've got a small adventure that we're going to go through and but first for that we have to figure out who you're all going to be so i know some of you have looked at like the different species and we'll just go through a little bit and say like okay there's eight different ones for people to choose from and honestly, there's a lot of variety among these, which I think is kind of cool. So just as quick summaries, you can have the Driftlings, who are kind of like sort of shapeshifters as they kind of change and adapt how they look like for different environments. You have Glean, which are like small, um, sort of like synthetic-like creatures that basically run off of kind of like they're made of like they're kind of like made out of feathers almost and they like are from a underwater world but they don't actually you know they're fine outside of water you have Eno which are like cat people you have Kathuk which are basically large either beetle or ant I can't really tell what which one it more is um, you have Kathuk, who are basically a literal swarm that has a hive mind of insects. You've got Peacecraft, which are basically like 10 to 15 foot tall mecha that are sentient. Um, sorry, Roranan are the insect ones, not the... Okay, sorry, yeah. Sorry, the Kathuk are the large ones. Yeah, I got those reversed. Roranan are the swarm ones um Ulran are basically people made out of crystal and then zavoy are kind of like space slugs that are really interested usually in um recycling to the point of like oh they can inhabit corpses of other creatures and then recycle them and use them 
So these are the eight different species that like the players can pick from. So does anyone have any that jump out of them out at them immediately? I know, I know. Oh wait, you know? Sorry. I had a uh, terrible it's pun. Already pun. starting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean I just decided to pick a kithok for some reason. Cool. Which is one of the bug people. I had to go slug. (laughs) Just had to do it to him. (laughs) The zombie slug. Had to do it to him. Zombie slug. Yeah, I know when uh, Josh, uh, or when this game was first pitched to us, uh, Josh had pointed out, oh yeah, there's a species that's like a million ants from uh, Rick and Morty. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. And I I didn't look at any of the other uh, species. So, yeah. Roar and Ant. And it was just immediate choice of well, that sounds cool. Swarm, swarm of bugs. You're like, yep, got it. Awesome. So that's one of the first parts of making a character that's you've all already completed of picking out which species you're wanting and going from that. Um, after you pick a species, like the next bit um, is basically looking at culture. Um, in this game, culture kind of affects your character in different ways. So uh, one of the things about how the cultures are set up, they've kind of broken up into kind of having different statistics with them. So it'll talk about like how their borders are for the planet you grew up in, where it was either like really isolationist, so very few people could come and live there, or if it was like wide open and let a lot of people in. Um, It discusses like diversity, of like the people who are living there whether you know there's a lot of uh different types of people or if everyone's kind of the same it discusses like the economics and how much money people had and then also kind of like whether it's you know a sprawling urban city space or if it's kind of rural or if you're sort of out and like basically everything's kind of a suburb area and those all kind of will affect your different skills and such so is anyone like, did you pick any, like, specific culture that you want to, like, talk about? Or did you just kind of, like, pick and choose different um, systems to get the bonuses that you were wanting for to, like, suit the character you had, you're thinking of? Um, for me, I went with, I, I went, I did a custom because I kind of saw my, the species, you know, at least the culture that my character comes from as being kind mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, being, uh, isolationist, uh, the diversity is kind of partitioned. So like, I'm not, this is a, going out into the galaxy is a, is a new thing for me and, uh, economic status being poor and the, the population density being urban um in some i I assumed it's some kind of hive so i figured that's pretty urban in terms of uh how that what would the definition of what the urban would would fall under so uh that's what i went with cool okay then if you want kind Um, of a i believe daemonite oh sorry sorry jacob oh i was just going to give a little bit of a example so like say you're going with the population um it kind of affects what you're getting so if you choose to be like oh i'm from an urban culture then you kind of get a bonus for getting a special ability that your species has if you choose like suburban it gives you additional wealth to like 
by starting equipment. And then if you get choose rule, you'll get a bonus for the different uh, dice size for your skills. So some of these will actually change how the game will play for the character based off what they're choosing. And then one thing that we should probably note really quickly is that unlike where we've played D&D before, where everything uses, you know, a D20, um, in this system, this uses different size dice for all of the different skills. So you may have something that uses a D4 or a D6. You can have skills that use a D8, a D10, or a D12. So the way that skills will work is essentially, I will say how difficult something is. So if it's a difficulty of two, you just look at your skill. And if it says you have a D6, you roll two D6. And as long as you don't get a pair of numbers matching on those, you succeed. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, are we going to do full character introduction? Or, or we don't necessarily need to do that? Um, we'll do character introduction a little bit as we're going. So okay. cool. since people have picked cultures, um, let's go ahead and say, like, okay, here's a bit about it. Um, Josh, you seem to already have kind of your idea for the character done. Like, why don't you tell us yes, a I bit do. about them and He's then... A criminal. <laughs> I'm playing to time, people. Um, yeah, let's just go make an Australian joke about that. Um, yeah, I, I, Dame actually mentioned before we, in, in our little pre-recording chat, um, that our characters are both from the same planet, uh, which is Golgi the Magnificent. <laughs> which I picked only because it sounded cool. <laughs> same, honestly, it's... It is a space station made from the corpse of an enormous omniscient, essentially a god, so I, I picture it as like some big eldritch horror looking corpse that we're just hanging out in, reviving. I mean, definitely gives off vibes of kind of like, what was it, um, Xenoblade Chronicles, where it's like, oh, um, everything is like living on the body of two dead gods. Hell yeah. It's just like, this is where everyone lives. That's really cool. So you're a criminal. It's a cool planet. From I am a criminal. This um, planet. And in game. Um, All right. <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm, I, for some, okay. So look at the skills. And, and the thing with cat people is they are just inveterate liars and schemers. And it's very, very accepted culturally that you will lie and deceive people, and it's funny. Like, you'll tell someone that you bullshitted and manipulated them, and they'll high-five you, like, dude, that good work. Like, you totally had me. Um, so it's like Ferengi from, like, Deep Space Nine, if Ferengi were inveterate, like, just assholes. Wait, they weren't in Deep Space Nine? Okay. Without well, that one who joins Starfleet seems to be a cool guy. Yeah, Nog was cool. So was Rom. Yeah. Okay. So, 
a question Mom seemed for... too stupid to be, uh, you know, to be manipulative. I think it was only Quark that was evil. Quark was chaotic neutral. So with your Eno, one of the other parts about this game is that um, there's not really a specific, like, level that players have. But when you're starting out, you choose a story path where you Mm -hmm. kind of, like, go and you the players and GMs incorporate it into the game. And as you progress through it, once you complete a story path, then you basically do, like, a level up. And then you can start a new story path. So what story path did you choose to kind of have for your character going for sort of like what they're looking for and driving them at the moment? Uh, I went with heist. Okay, so you're planning... He didn't have nicking shit, which I totally would have picked instead. (laughs) I mean, I think heist is the closest thing you're going to find to that, specifically. Nice. Um... Cool. Do you have any like specific idea of what you're wanting to heist? Um. Okay. With with my car, are we are we allowed to discuss skills and whatnot? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I went with the biggest dice I could get to put in skullduggery, which I want to say is the is a great name for a skill, and it just encapsulates. Like, all criminal behavior. Um, so, of course, I put my biggest dice into that. I'm like, yep, that's me. Um, but I also went with a very high level of suave. Um, and my intention is that um, there was another Eno who, who done did me wrong and took something <laughs> that I wanted. But I wanted more than them, sir. So I'm going to take that from them. All right, then. Yeah. My, my, my boy has, like, strong rocket raccoon elements as far as ownership of other property goes. <laughs> All right. So one of the things about skills is everyone has the same 18 skills in this game. Um, they're sort of divided into subsets. So six are for mental, six are physical, and six are social. And essentially, everyone, basically, the lowest dice you can have for a skill is a d4. And the highest you can have is a d12. And essentially, everyone gets to choose how they break up their skills um, and what they're good at, what maybe it's harder for them to do. And when you spread your points out across that, it, like, helps you define, like, what things you're sort of good at. Um, One of the things that is different about this game is that I'm never going to specifically call out, like, you should make a stealth roll. Or, like, you should make a computer's check. Because the way that this game is set up is you can use pretty much any skill you want to attempt an activity, but you have to like justify why it would work, like how you're going to use that skill to make it happen. And then basically, if it sounds reasonable, I'll say like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, Here's the difficulty level for it. 
and then say you're wanting to try and trick somebody. Um, it sounds like Josh, your character, would probably try and deceive them, I'm guessing. De- deceive or seduce, yeah. Of course, seduce. Okay. <laughs> and then someone else may say, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, uh, perform something, or they may say, I'm going to distract them by just talking about something in-depth with a lot of vocabulary that they don't know, so they may be using a knowledge skill to just try and show that they know a lot of things and confuse the person. You may also just try like something physical and just be like, oh, I'm gonna just, you know, flex on them and intimidate them to try and distract them. So What we also call a max. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yes. So it's not just tied to like one specific skill. It's how you're wanting to use it that lets it work. So the, but since we've talked to Josh for a bit, let's see. Um, I know, Dame, you very quickly like went straight to the Zavoy. So can you yes. tell us about your zombie slug? Yes. Um, I'm going to be playing a zombie slug named Ollie. And I went with, as we mentioned earlier, Golgi, the Magnificent for Cultures. So she comes from the system that Starbase is the corpse of an old god or whatever. And I'm going to go with Create Masterpiece because I saw that the Zavoy were also really creative and they like to express themselves creatively. And basically, I just want to play a self-insert slug who's struggling with art block and needs to get through it. <laughs> so in what better way than to go on an amazing space adventure? I mean, there's bound to be so many awesome things to see when you're going to different planets and, you know, interacting with all sorts of different species. Mm-hmm. Lots of inspiration to be found. So that gives us a story path. So you do get, like, some different special abilities with whether it's from your species or... If and then you also get some special abilities that are called Nova abilities. Um, so do you have any examples for um, any of the abilities that you took for your special abilities? Yes. Um, I took, for the Nova abilities, I did reusing old parts. So if I'm within five feet of a corpse while I inhabit a different corpse, I can spend one Nova point to fully restore the health levels of the corpse I am currently in while destroying the other corpse. So we're, we're recycling bodies. It's great. <laughs> so an important the one I went... there is... Yeah? Oh, just for like people listening. The Zavoy have an ability where they can basically inhabit a corpse and then kind of puppet it and use it as their body. Yep. So... That kind of makes sense for the inhabiting another corpse. Mm-hmm. I did... Uh, I also took a couple of things just to help with inhabiting the corpse. Like, I took Muscle Bond. Um, which, while I inhabit a corpse, I can use the corpse's dice sizes and physical skills. Which is great, because this boy aren't, like, tiny slugs, but they're also, like, what, four feet long? 
So. Yeah, you got like. Or is it like two feet long? Hold on. Uh, Let me go back and read. I think it's closer to four, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah. They're but like. That's really they, cool. Okay. Two feet wide, five feet long. Okay, no, they actually are kind of oh. long. And they look like flatworms. Oh, so I'm a big slug. I also took. Because apparently I'm larger than I thought I was, I'm glad I picked up Amorphous. I can move through any opening that is one inch wide or larger. So, <laughs> watch out, this slug can squeeze through all sorts of things. Everyone will dislike it, I'm sure. There's a Gavin McInnes reference in here somewhere, and, um... <laughs> I'm trying so hard not to just... <laughs> say something truly obnoxious with it yes so one of the things that we should probably note as well is that an ability like normally your special abilities you can just do without actually like having you know a resource that it's required um it may require like a skill roll but usually you're just your special abilities you can do um your special abilities that require a nova point those nova points are kind of a resource that people like accrue and kind of it's like hey this is like you're amped up your abilities ready you've been saving this up and the only way to like kind of recover those points is to use different skills so when you're actually having the different dice types the only way to get back the uh nova point is to use a die or a skill of each different die size so you may have like d12 d10 d8 d6 and d4 so you don't have to succeed on using that skill but you do have to tr attempt using that skill with it so that way it also encourages you to you could just use you know the skill that you have a d12 in all the time but then you won't be able to access like your best abilities so it kind of encourages you to, you know, try out different methods. And even if you fail, like, yeah, sometimes a bad thing might happen, but other times, you know, you'll just try it out and, hey, it worked. I'm good. And then you'll end up getting your points back. Then let's go over... To you, Ethan, you picked mm -hmm. um, a Kathuk, right? Yep. Uh, Thrykane the Kithuk. Uh, Can I ask, Ethan, did you name that character? Yep. Did you specifically name it after the insect people from Dark Sun? Uh, no, that's a Thrykane. This is completely different. Thrykane. OC, do not steal I don't know, I was trying to think of what a good Bugman name was, and the best I could think of was, oh yeah, I remember the Thrycreen. It's close, but legally distinct. Yep. Yeah, Thrycreen are these bug people. Uh, they're very charming and and jolly sorts. I don't know, they just seem to, to like people, especially other kithooks. Uh, I'm going... Uh, I don't know what else. What else do I need to, to tell you people about? I'm I'm still uh, re I'm always done redoing my character. <laughs> okay, 
did you pick a certain like story path that you kind of wanted to focus on? Revenge. Revenge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, Jacob couldn't even finish. <laughs> Revenge. He's Got dedicated. It. And is there any specific motivation for this revenge any specific target that you're aiming for i don't know i haven't thought that far ahead just whoever wrongs me <laughs> all right we can figure out something before we start playing why do we get the feeling who it's it gonna might be, be a baron who has wronged someone <laughs> <laughs> i mean it probably will be some other kind of name but you know it's up to us. <laughs> and then, um, so one of the questions that I have is uh, kind of for everybody about what sort of, like, role they kind of see, like, their um, abilities playing and, like, the equipment they're wanting to use. It's like, how are you all wanting to kind of, like, work together as a team like are you some of you focusing on like battles or because one of the things that everyone should know is that in this game um you basically start out with essentially three health oh. and any attack that you get um hit with will take one health away so the same thing is most of your attacks, unless you have, you know, an added equipment that says it boosts damage or something, like, you'll do one health damage to every someone else. The things that you should also know is that, very similar to the normal skill rolls of how you engage with, like, a conversation or something in the environment, in combat, very similarly, you can use basically, like, whatever skill you can justify to do an attack. So when we actually, like, get into a combat or something, the way that it's broken down is it's broken into three phases. In the first phase, I will say what all of the enemies on the board are planning to do. So I may say, this pirate is aiming to shoot Ollie. This one is going to run up and attack the Eno character. And another one is going to... Like, try and throw a grenade toward, um, I already forgot. I think it's Thrykey. Mm -hmm. Hey, close to that. And then, like, then it is all of the players' turns. So then you can all talk amongst yourselves and decide who goes where, what you're going to do. But the important thing to note is... If, say, Tyler chooses to go first, Tyler will do all of the turns or all of the actions that he wants to do and attempt to do before anyone else can do their turns. Okay. And so he may say, okay, I'm going to, you know, go and die behind this wall to get cover to get away from the grenade. And that is, like, an active defense. So I would say, okay, this is... The first action you're taking, so it's going to be, like, a difficulty two. So whatever skill he chooses to use, it'll roll 
the two dice, and as long as there's not doubles, it succeeds. So that grenade will miss Tyler's character. And then he Yay. can say, okay, now that I'm behind, like, cover, maybe he wants to lean back out and shoot at somebody. Well, because he's on his second action, that increases the difficulty one. So you can keep going sure, and take as many it. actions as you want as long as you keep succeeding. But the difficulty oh, keeps going up. Okay. So from two to three to four. And as long as you don't get any pairs on the dice that you're using, it works. And then basically after all of you take your turns, I basically have to say like, okay, this is what, like we called out, Tyler moved away, so he's not getting hit by the grenade. Uh, Ethan, focus on shooting the dude and taking him out. Well, so I don't he have takes a gun, but I'll one try. Damage. I mean, it's an example. But maybe you run up and punch him a lot. Say, if Ollie was helping, you know, get a bystander to safety or something and didn't move, then they may take that one damage, or it could potentially be that. You know, Josh's character went in and kind of like went to defend another character and takes the damage instead. Yeah, my my character um, would have used his disguise badge to look like their opponent's ex and persuade them. Look, we can work this out. It, it, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you just walk up with the badge, shoot him in the back of the head. Ex? Oh, like, okay. do you know who the, what their ex looks like? Like. I feel like you'd need to have some no, but I'm history. Pretty I'm pretty sure I can pull it off. <laughs> that would be a little bit difficult if you didn't know them. But hey, if you knew the target and you had studied them, sure. Like that would probably yeah, be a good way Facebook of feed. identifying them. So um, let's go back over and go to Tyler because we yeah. still need to talk about your character. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to... So in terms of story path, um, I kind of... Uh, I kind of built this character with the idea, uh, if, if you've ever played Mass Effect, there's the Quarians who are kind of, they're isolationist and they're, uh, in, I, I kind of thought my, my species were looking for a new home. And uh, so that's kind of, so I went with the uh, Discovery story path um, and the goal would be to find a new home for my, for my people. Um, so, but I've, you know, growing up, I've been very, you know, very isolation and very poor. So, you know, I, so all the, the galaxy is new to me. So uh, I have very, very little in terms of social. Like I just left all of those at four dice. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to be very good at deceiving people. Um, empathy is going to be really hard for me. Uh, all, all that like suave is, is terrible. So um, that's kind of how I envisioned this character. So you chose to make your sentient swarm of bugs not very suave or convincing? Two outside species. I'm sure two other sentient swarms of bugs. I'm, you know, maybe I'm fairly attractive and, and persuasive. But, um, yeah, to, to other cultures, probably not so much. Cool. All right, so one of the other things that we kind of need to discuss, because we've hit most of the points that you all like are the main points of creating the characters we've discussed about the system a bit and like how a combat would kind of flow and 
then um, one of the things that you all kind of need to do for this game specifically is because you're going to start off with a spaceship. So one of the things that like everyone needs to do kind of collectively is sort of choose what kind of spaceship you're going to have as a group. Uh, and so I will show you some different ones that you can choose from. So, oh, why isn't it? Sorry, I was trying to make it so I could show you all. So there's a couple different types that you can have. Um, there is the bolt ship, which are kind of long, sleek rockets style, like very much the, you know, kind of pointed rocket that you like kind of like think about. It looks a bit like the Planet Express craft. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, um, a thing about this one is most of the ships that you start with have, like, three health. They're, like, a speed of one. They all kind of have, like, lasers and missiles that you can use. Um, but this one is specifically, like, kind of made for long trips. And so it's usually used um it is the Planet express ship kind of yeah um one of the other ones that you can choose to have is um called a wanderer which is kind of much more specifically a um i don't know how to describe it kind of like a bulkier ship so it's a bit slower, but it's also has a bit more health, so it can take a couple more hits. And if uh, normally they're kind of designed to be uh, transporting cargo, so they're maybe not as nice and luxurious on the inside to travel in, but you know they're fairly decent and you can hold a lot of stuff. And one of the things that they have is when an attack would hit you, um, like you and kind of like basically give me a collapse point to make it miss. And basically, um, a collapse point is something that I can use to basically power uh enemies abilities so you all would have nova points but for times where like you fail something a skill check or something like that happens um i can either give a repercussion for like here's what happens because of that failure so like maybe apply a condition or maybe say okay you will have a penalty on the certain skill for a little while so that means like it would make the difficulty rank of a skill up one higher if you're using that specific skill um or i can take a collapse point so that way later on i can have the enemies be able to use one of their special abilities then the other type of ship that is kind of an option for you guys to start with is just a um the predator ship 
So it's very specifically a ship designed for fighting. Um, pretty much, like, it's very focused on being in battle. It has a lot of health, or HP, but the thing that it doesn't have is basically any comforts at all. So if we're looking on a scale rating of, you know, one being really low and bare bones, like, you basically can just sit here and it's extremely uncomfortable, but, you know, very bare minimum, that is what this ship I, has. I, I want to say on the basis of my character, no. Yeah, I, I kind of, given, like, the discussion of the group, I figured the Predator probably wasn't going to be the one everyone chose but like which one do you think kind of would fit your group better of oh, the remaining two the one that's kind of like the Probably planet the express bolt. the bolt yeah. okay yeah that seemed like a good i'm definitely leaning more towards that but okay. yeah yeah because you will definitely have a spaceship character sheet i can always oh crash it into my enemies for when i need to enact revenge so one you of the wronged us. that will be like maybe not super important but it will be important because I'm going to ask it for this what would you name the ship I'm going to have to cut Josh off before he says Usain oh, <laughs> uh... don't do it don't do it Josh I, can, I know you're fucking thinking of doing it wasn't uh, you're lying to me <laughs> I hadn't thought of a name but you know the Usain is the best I vote for the Usain the rest of the party <laughs> sure why not may as well right Ooh. it's a horrible name but I can't think of anything better uh, we will begrudgingly agree. Yeah. Alright, Josh, how do I spell Fuck, that? I I named agree. The thing I didn't want to name it. Uh... <laughs> I, I declare revenge against Josh's character. Yes! Excellent. Look, that was about... No, 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 that was about on time. For, for as quick as I thought I was going to get some revenge coming my way. We haven't, I mean... even, we haven't even started playing this game and I already want to hit you with my charge baton. <laughs> like so one of the other things that is good to note for this game is that along with all of the abilities that you all have um one of the things that is available for everyone is the set of uh burn bright has its own safety deck for cards um so basically if, you know, situation comes up, it's basically kind of like the uh, stoplight system. So there's a card that's mm. like, okay, keep going. It's the green one. Um, yellow is slow down. Like, okay, like maybe I'm starting to get uncomfortable with this topic or this sort of area. Like, and that's just a quick way of anyone can drop those onto the board or roll 20 on the screen, and that way we can say, like, okay, this, so let's put this up, like, we'll shift things. And then there's also, like, the red X stop card, which is, like, if this comes up, it's like, okay, stop the scene, 
go somewhere else. We'll adjust from there. So that's just I assume Ethan's going to throw <sighs> one of these out every time we talk about what the ship is named. No? Okay. I was going to tell you to make a pun and then I was going to throw the stop card out. But... Okay. Yeah, I, I, I figured I'm going to get a lot of these thrown at me. I mean, if we're, if we're going to do one of those every time Josh makes a pun, it's going to be very disruptive, I think. But also, maybe the only way Josh wouldn't make a pun. Hmm. Prices we have to pay to know I want to throw a red card out in this conversation. <laughs> All right. And then we're moving on. So, you have your spaceship, and basically... Um, the way that this is kind of uh, going through, normally I would, you know, talk to all of you and we would collaboratively come up with like, hey, here is like where you're all going to be playing. Here's the overall adventure because we're going to go <clears throat> through kind of like um, the small uh, burning daylight that people put out for um, the system. It kind of is a four part adventure. And mostly um, looking at this because it kind of has details written up for everyone going through things. And honestly, I think it would be the easiest thing to do for us to like kind of go through um, in sort of like a one shot area. So basically the grouping of it is that you're all, you know, traveling together, working together. You've pulled off a couple jobs together, whether those jobs were, you know, going in, swiping something for someone, whether it was going in and, you know, exploring something or delivering things. Like, it kind of depends on what Performing you, revenge. the group wanted. So um, one of the things that I'll do is kind of off, you know, off recording, kind of talk with you all to kind of figure out like how you could have that first portion of your story path done and then we can work on like during play incorporating like the second portion of the story path to kind of say like okay here's how maybe during this adventure you're able to like move to that next portion and so that way it's actually incorporated in because like there's different discussions that can happen and that way I have time to kind of like plan what to bring in and then, you know, kind of toss at you all. So one of the things that um, is another part of this game that I think is really kind of interesting is basically um, not only does it have, you know, these different spaceships, these different regions, like the system with skills and combat is like very different and kind of cool but the story paths is the one where i think is actually like really interesting for this because like you have to incorporate like your story like i've definitely seen games before where people have you know a character story that they kind of want to tell and or a thing that's driving them but then in like a pre-written adventure or something it may never come up and this is very specifically in the system of, like, you're supposed to work to include these things, and it's how people level up. It's not just, 
oh, I went and killed a bunch of monsters. It's, hey, I've actively been looking at these things or trying to find some way of, you know, moving my path forward while also, you know, having the group be collectively moving forward. And I kind of really like that part of the system. Okay. I think that does sound cool. It's not just about murder. Yeah. And there's, like, honestly, there's a number of ways that I think, like, I would also consider, like, basically, um, it's not just, oh, when you hit zero, you're dead. There's basically, like, when someone hits zero, they're either incapacitated, they're kind of thinking, um, like, maybe they're just cowering and they can't participate in the fight anymore. So it's just like, they've lost the will to fight. So that kind of reminded me a little bit of the power outage, where it's like, okay, if you're out of stuff, you, like, run away, or you go and hide, or you're just out of the fight somehow. So no one's, like, actually dead. But unlike that, there is death in the system. So one of the things that happens is the only way, if you get down to zero... Like, you'll take one level of, like, a negative condition. So, it's kind of similar to the damage that we had with um, Blades in the Dark. There was, you know, three levels of severity. Mm -hmm. The first one is a negative that you kind of take on, and it, you know, usually will last, like, ten minutes or so, or something of that nature. But the more conditions you fill up and take, if you have, like all three condition levels already with a negative condition in them and then you fall to zero then the character will actually die so like it takes quite a lot for them to die but it's not just oh everything is murdered all the time so there is you know some risk but it's not you know super high as everyone's yeah. going to die immediately but yeah um okay. so i think beyond that the only other part that kind of people have to think about for their characters is what they spend their like argent on which argent is the sort of currency that is used in burn bright it's kind of essentially like a growing slowly growing mass of not exactly like amoebas or moss or something but it's essentially a living thing and it kind of helps power technology because uh, a lot of technology is powered with magic in the system and magic and technology are kind of like incorporated together and it's how a lot of the infrastructure of planets and spaceships work so like your spaceship has a magical intelligence which is sort of like an ai Ooh. that the ship has so you can actually talk to it it can pilot the ship normally like if you're just like oh we're going from point a to point b but if you're in, like, combat or something where you need very reactive things, 
that's probably not going to work so well for your your uh, machine intelligence to be able to pull it off. So it would require like one of you to actually like be piloting. So it's like got a cool blend of these two things. So the only other thing that you have to kind of like think about for your characters is what equipment you're wanting and if you're going to spend some of that on like um, offensive equipment for like weaponry, if you're going to buy armor, if you're going to buy things that like maybe boost your skills outside of combat, or if you're going to try and like maybe buy a new component for your ship. But I think that can go off of mic and like we can think about what you all want to be doing when we come back. Does that sound good for everyone? Yeah. yeah. Right. Un unfortunately, it's not going to be either an assault tank or an armored car. But... I mean, unfortunately, there are limitations on like what you can start with for your starting wealth. <laughs> Fair. Cool. But maybe your goal can that collectively you're like we want an armored tank to take around in our spaceship so in other words i need to steal one ethan's character needs to use it for revenge dame's character wants to take a really make a really bitchin painting of ethan's character using the tank to take revenge tyler i've forgotten what your character's story it's discovery is. i maybe i discover it I discovered the tank. Exactly. You discovered the tank. I steal the tank. Ethan uses the tank for revenge. Dame I think, paints an amazing picture. I think Dame paints revenge. I think Dame paints like the tank up. Like you know, maybe it's it's we, when we get yeah, it it's it's this dull gray, but then you know, Dame throws in a bunch of splashy colors or whatever artists do. I don't know. I don't yes. draw. It it now looks it now looks <laughs> like a tank from Just Cause 4. Yeah. So your crafting masterpiece will be the paint job on this destructive tank that is being used for revenge. <laughs> Probably not, but it might. <laughs> it's not impossible. But awesome. So we're going to call it there for this week. And just a reminder for people, we'll have a small break because next week some people are like traveling around and won't be able to be here. So we'll probably see you in two weeks. And so let's go ahead and go through the socials. Let's start with Tyler. All right. Uh, I, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald Foos. Then Ethan. Oh, yeah. Uh, at IGuzzSC2, as always. And then Dame. I'm on Twitter at DameDoesArt. Then you can find me at JAbbottSIU. And Josh. I. Wondered for a second there I'd been ignored and I was thinking, damn, Jacob, throwing some shade. I, I respect it. Um, you, you can find me at Nerdy People D N D. Um, please check this out and all the other things that we should maybe have happening. Great. And so we'll see everybody in a few weeks and join us as we head off into space. Hey. Bye. 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 Bye.